We are in Matthew chapter 6 today. Uh, today we are in the fourth part um, of what is ultimately a five-part series called Live Generously. Uh, we have been focusing kind of in the month of July um, on living more generous lives. And what does that look like? And what does that mean? And we talked about in the first week how generosity begins with God. Our God is a generous God. And the gospel, when we believe the gospel, God transforms us into a generous people. And we've talked about stewarding various aspects of our lives in generous ways. And we talked about uh, how a use our time and particularly the seasons of our life and just our life in general, um, how we use that to the glory of God and, 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 and live generously with that. We talked last week about our, our, our uh, spiritual gifts, our abilities, talents, all that kind of stuff and using those to serve others uh, to the glory of God and, and, and how that is a part of living generously. And, and, and this week we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 24 and we're going to talk about the treasure choice and how you you and I have a choice with how we steward our treasures and how God calls us to do that um, with generosity. And then next week, I'm excited. We're going to be hosting our uh, special guest, Zach Terry, pastor of First Baptist Church, Fernandina Beach, which is up on Amelia Island. And Pastor Zach will be with us. He's a great preacher and he's going to do a great job finishing out this for us. And so I'm looking forward to actually just playing host and kind of getting to sit out here with you guys um, while he comes and he preaches. And he will be leading a couple of meetings afterwards. So if you're on a, if you chair a committee um, or if you're um, on um, the finance team or you chair a council or you're a trustee or an officer in the church, a deacon, uh, you're in invited uh, to that meeting that will take place. We'll have lunch for you and, and, and that meeting will take place after lunch at one o'clock and then at two o'clock a finance meeting as we just go through some basic stewardship principles um, for the church. And so kind of a big picture focus next week as we talk about not only our individual lives but corporately how, how do we steward things in the right manner so to, to, to be uh, and to grow in our generosity as a church and how we steward the resources that God gives us. So but today we're talking about the treasure choice and where will we put our treasure? What will we live for? What will we value? Uh, how will that affect the totality of how we steward and live our lives? And then also on a more focused level, how we steward and use our resources and our, our money. Because we can't separate um, our money from our values, right? So if you value education, at some point you end up spending money on education. Unless you just get like all scholarships. If you, if you value um, freedom in your retirement, at some point you end up putting money in retirement, right? It's always connected. The things we value and our finances are connected. We can't separate it. It's, you don't have to study the Bible to know that. You just have to live life. Life, right? And have some sort of money to put somewhere. It's, those things are just connected. Well, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus preaches the most famous sermon that's ever been preached. And in that sermon, he addresses this idea of laying up treasure, um, laying up how we use our resources and steward our values and our passions. And Jesus is going to urge us to lay up treasure in heaven. Now, the treasure that he's going to speak of in this passage is about more than money, we'll see. But he is primarily talking about the way we steward our resources. So, as I say sometimes, it's more than this, but it's not less than this because that's the primary context you'll see. That there, there's a way that you and I can live and steward our resources that lays up treasure in heaven. And there's a way we can live and a way we can steward that lays up treasure on earth 
And there is a, in other words, there is a Godward, heavenward focus that can be towards our life and towards our resources. And then there is a more self-oriented, earthly way to live and steward our resources. And we all make these choices every day. So look with me at the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. I'm going to read through verse 24. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. We've got it on the screen for you right there. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and he will love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Or some translations say God and mammon. Because the word there is bigger than money. It's, it's your money, it's your possessions, it's all the stuff you have. So it's more than just like your cash on hand, all right? So it's everything that you possess. Pray with me. Father, we are grateful today for your word that is true. It is, it's true and it's powerful. It's, it's, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord. And we, we thank you that it is the sword of the Spirit. And we ask now that the Holy Spirit would be the teacher this morning and help us to understand and see wonderful truth in your word. And Lord, convict us where we need convicting and encourage us where we need encouraging. Build us in all things to be more like the Lord Jesus. And we ask this in his name. Amen. You know, Jesus actually talked about money a lot. Uh, and we see why in this passage, right? In verse 21, he tells us it's all connected to the heart, right? So the reason Jesus is talking about money so much, he talked about it more than heaven. He talked about it more than hell. You've probably heard preachers say that before. It's the thing preachers, it's the thing preachers say to, to kind of get you to be okay with us talking about money. So we say, Jesus did it and he did it more than I do. And so everybody goes, okay, I guess that's okay then. And so, and, then, and the thing is, it's connected to your heart. That's why Jesus talked about it so much. It wasn't just like he was obsessed with money. It's because it's a heart indicator. And so Jesus is all about your heart and he's all about heart change and not just external conformity. And so Jesus Jesus talked about money a lot. And in this passage, he is stressing the importance of choosing to lay up treasure in heaven, as we said, versus earth. And he gives us really a very common sense reason to do this, to lay up treasure in heaven and not on earth. And then he kind of, he gives us this passage is full of warnings for us. And what I want you to see today is the most, is, is, is how important, how, how this is one of the most important things that we can focus on because it's, it's important and it's urgent for us to live in such a way that you lay up treasure in heaven because there's so much at stake. This is no small thing. Um, it, it, it's a spiritual war that's going on. It's very critical. You have a choice. I have a choice where we store treasure. And it's critical that we choose heaven. And I'm going to show you the value of doing that. And how as a believer, how why it's so important for us to fight the battle every day, every week, every month, every year to make the choice to store up treasure in heaven versus storing up treasure on earth. Now, when Jesus says treasure, I mentioned to you, he means more than money, I believe. But that is the primary focus of the passage, as you can see when you look at it in context. Bible scholar 
commentary writer Craig Blomberg points out how we should see treasure as widely as possible in this passage. He says it's anything of eternal value. People that you went to Christ, spiritual growth and character, you know, all the, the spiritual gifts, uh, spiritual maturity and things of that nature. But he says, but the primary focus he points out is on stewarding our finances in line with kingdom priorities, right? And so the point is what I think John Popper has it right when he says there's two ways to live. One stores up treasure in heaven, one stores up treasure on earth. And he says this, we are to handle our money in such a way as to show that God and not money is our treasure. And I think that's what Jesus is really driving at here. Uh, that when we store up treasure in heaven versus storing up treasure on earth, we are displaying that it is God who is our real treasure, uh, not money and not possessions. Or as Jesus says here, not mammon. Uh, the passage demands uh, that we look at our own lives, that we look at our time, that we look at our energy, and yes, even our resources. We ask the question, where am I storing up treasure? What, in other words, what am I living like? What matters most? Am I living a Godward life or an earthly-oriented life? Does my life and my time and my energy and my bank account show that the eternal king is my king, right? Or something else? And these are hard questions. They're, they're really convicting questions to ask sometimes for all of us. And Jesus' point is not that you can't have possessions on earth. That's not what he means when he says don't store up, you know, uh, treasure here, but store up tre treasure in heaven. His point is not that you can't have anything. As Martin Lloyd-Jones and others have pointed out over time, um, it's the point is that our possessions shouldn't have us, right? It's about really, as, jo as Jones says, it's our attitude in many ways towards the things that we own. It, 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 it's, 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 the, it's the nature of our heart towards these things. And, and, does, and does these things have our heart or not? And so you can be rich and be a Christian, right? That's good news because most of us, if not all of us in this room, are rich compared to the rest of the world, right? If you're, if you're middle class American, by the way, you are wealthy in the your upper class world, okay? If you're middle class American, you're upper class world. That's just the way it goes. And so many people in the rest of the world, and a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ, when, they, when we read passages like, man, it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven, we read those passages and we see all these like uh, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. But believers in other parts of the world see you <laughs> and they see me. They see us, and they think about us. And so it's all about perspective, right? So the, the point, though, is, is, is not that you can't be rich and go to heaven. Jesus says you can, right? He says, he's, but, he, but we'll, we'll see later in, in, in another passage where but Jesus says it's a miracle of God when this happens because all salvation is a miracle. But the thing you see Jesus warning about over and over is this, and the reason he says it's, it's hard for the wealthy or hard for the rich to enter heaven, the reason for that is this. The Bible is very clear about this one thing. Riches pose a danger. Riches pose a danger. Possessions have a tendency to possess. Wealth has a way of entangling. And in fact, you cannot have money and be given to envy and be given to covetousness and, and have just as much a love for money. You don't have to have money to love money. Or you can have money and be greedy and be selfish and self-centered and all those sort of things. So we can sin with money whether we have a lot of it or don't have a lot of it. It's about the nature of our heart, not so much the money that's in our account. But there's a, there's a snare to, to be careful with here. So here's the thing. If God is not our king, it's going to show up in what we live for and how we live our lives. If the main motive of my life and your life our, and our passions and our values are driven by self-oriented personal kingdom building agendas, then we have every reason to question who is our true king, right? 
Jesus taught us in uh, this same chapter, we didn't read this, but in the same chapter he teaches us how to pray. And he says we're to pray to the Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the heart of the person in the kingdom. That, that God is the king of their heart and they want to see him rule and want to see him reign. Want to see his will done. And so that should manifest itself in every area of our life. And I believe as Christians, we should all be living in such a way that we're storing up treasure in heaven, not earth. We're, we're going to live forever somewhere. Every person's going to live forever somewhere. Even under God's judgment and God's wrath forever in a place the Bible calls hell. Or in heaven with God. Ultimately in a new heaven and a new earth with Jesus ruling as king. And man, it, it's, it's going to be incredible. But we're going to live one or two places forever. So if you're a believer in Christ, man, you're, you're headed towards an eternity with God in heaven. So we should steward our lives in a way and our resources in a way that show that. We should be storing our treasure in heaven because that's our ultimate home. Is really Jesus' point here. And so in this passage, I can see three good reasons for us to store up our treasure in heaven. To make that the choice. That, that's what I want to urge you towards today. As a, If you're a believer in Christ. Is this. That you should be storing your, your choice. You should be making every day. And you have to make it every day. Is to store up treasure in heaven. And I think there's three reasons here to make the case for that. Here they are. The first one is laying up treasure in heaven. Invest in the eternal over the temporary. That's a very obvious point Jesus is making in verses 19 and 20. Uh, when you lay up treasure in heaven, you are investing in the eternal over the temporary. Because that's, that's the comparison being made here. He points out the obvious that moths and rust destroy and thieves can steal treasure on earth. His point is that all our earthly possessions can either be taken from us or destroyed. And in their day, wealth tended to be shown in clothing and precious metals and things of that nature. But and in our day, you might say, well... Rust can't get to my stock. It can't get to my retirement account. But we all know that the recession can, right? The stock market, the economy can. And we all know that death takes everything, right? Death takes everything. The point is, this life is temporary. It is marred by the fall. And so things happen, right? If you live like this life is the main point and there is no eternity, you're only living for a moment. A flash, what the Bible says in another place, a vapor. Jesus told a parable once, showing the urgent nature of stewarding our treasure in such a way as to lay up treasure in heaven. I'm going to read it to you. It's in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. It says, he told them this parable, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one, Jesus said, who lays up treasure." For himself and is not rich toward God. So, here is a man who came into a great amount of money, right? What his, his market blew up and his inclination was to expand, to spend on himself, to hoard. But it, what, what, what's really at work here? It's a desire for security and enjoyment. 
I can really, man, I can store all this up so I can relax, eat, drink, and be merry, kick my feet up, retire on the beach, and, and everything can be great. I think it was, I think it was Pastor David Platt who, who coined this passage, the American dream, right? And it really is, right? That's kind of what a lot of folks work for in our country is to, man, to have the freedom one day to be able to just kind of do nothing, right? It's like the goal of a lot of people is to retire at 50, right? And they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I can. And I'm going to store up, store up, store up, store up so that I can just do, do just have all that I can have. And, and I can just, man, just kind of just, just live my life. The problem here is he's done living and didn't know it. His time came up that night. And all the stuff that he's acquired, he cannot take with him. And Jesus says, this is what it's like to lay up treasure for yourself and to not be rich towards God. And I think this is a synonym for laying up treasure for yourself and laying up treasure on earth. I think the same thing. Laying up treasure in heaven and being rich towards God, I think those are a lot of light, right? It's, it's that Godward-oriented life. Living our life surrendered to God and living for his glory. See, Jesus wants us to live in a way that places our treasure where death can't steal it, where time cannot fade it, and where no one can take it. So he says, store it in heaven because it won't be eaten there. It won't rust there. It can't be stolen there. It's an eternal place guarded and kept safe by our eternal God. Paul elaborates in a way that helps us to see what it looks like to store up our treasure in, an etern- in, in heaven over in 1 Timothy. Let me read that passage to you. 1 Timothy 6 verses 18 and 19. The apostle Paul says this. He's writing to Timothy and he's telling them how to instruct people who have more money than others in his church. To the wealthy, he says. To the rich in this present age. Right? And he says this. He says, here's what they are to do. He says, they are to do good. To be rich in good works. To be generous and ready to share. Thus, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future. Right? What's he pointing to? The future. Heaven. So that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So here he says, we we store treasure for our future by doing good. By being rich in good works. And by being, there's the word, generous and ready to share. See, it's more than financial stewardship. But it's not less than financial stewardship. It encompasses all these things. And the thing I want you to see is that when we choose to lay up treasure in heaven by doing good, obeying God, making disciples, but yes, and being generous with our money and with our stuff to to minister to others and to make disciples and to advance the gospel, we are choosing eternal reward over temporary pleasure every single time. It's a good investment. I mean, imagine if you went uh, after church today, if you went over to an electronic store and you was going to buy a new television. And you saw two TVs sitting side by side. And they've got the same image quality. They've got, they're the same size. Everything's identical. Um, they're even the same price. But the, but the guy selling the TV says, now this one, it's probably going to only last about two years. I mean, that's just, that's what the manufacturer tells us, you know, that after about two years, it's probably going to go out. And he says, now this one, it'll last at least 10. In fact, we'll give you your money back if it doesn't last 10. Now, it, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to have a fifth grade education um, to understand which TV to pick. We would call that common sense. And my point is, Jesus is sharing some common sense here. If we believe and understand the truth of the word of God, that heaven's our ultimate home, that we're going to live forever there, then really storing up treasure in heaven versus earth is not some deep discovery we make. It's just common sense. If we believe the word of God. Because you're going to live forever. The question is, do we really believe and live that way? 
Do we really believe and live and give like we understand we're going to spend eternity with God and that, and, and that eternity with him and souls won to Christ and our growth in Christ and, and people being built up in Christ and reaching people for Christ and, and all that matters more than anything else. Do we calibrate our life that way? So we have to realize as believers that we're going to spend eternity with God in heaven and that our lives on this earth should reflect that. You think, well, what are the things I can invest in now that last? Well, I heard somebody say this a long time ago. God, people, and God's word. There, there's the eternal things you interact with. Eternal, not just things, people that you interact with in this life. You have a relationship with God. You have relationships with other people. And you have God's word who the Bible tells us will never go away. It's never going to fade away. You get to heaven two billion years from now. God's word still stands. And so when we invest in our relationship with God and other people's relationship with God. And we invest in people because they're going to spend eternity somewhere. And we invest in the Word of God and our time in the Word of God and getting the Word of God out. We invest, we're investing in eternal things. We're laying up treasure in heaven. And Jesus is not shy about encouraging us to do so. He's not worried about us. It doesn't seem about us taking this the wrong way. He says, do not lay up treasure here. Lay up treasure there. Don't live like this life is all that matters. Don't put all your weight in this life. Don't put all your marbles and all your eggs in this basket. Man, live with an eternal perspective. So that's the first thing, right? The first real reason I see that we need to be laying up treasure in heaven is that when we do that, we invest in the eternal over the temporary. The second thing I see here is that when we, when, when, when we lay up treasure in heaven, it helps direct and guard our heart. It helps direct and guard my heart. Look at verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What Jesus is saying here has massive ramifications. In fact, pretty much any time I talk about money, I bring up this verse because I think it's one of the most important passages in all the scriptures about money. Jesus' your heart your heart will follow your treasure. You see, we first need to understand that our, that our treasure, it, what we treasure reveals our heart, right? Because if you find your treasure, you find your heart, then you, you've, it's revealing something, right? When you find what you treasure, what you value, and where you put your treasure. So if I find my treasure, I find my heart. So the things I put my energy, time, and money towards, the things I live for show what I really care about, what I love, for instance. A significant portion of what each of us earns goes towards providing for our families, if you have a family. Well, you love your family, right? I mean, you wouldn't deny that, that they're, they're like a treasure to you, that you, that you value them, love them, and, and, and love them. And, and if I refuse to give time, to give energy, to give money somewhere, then it shows I really don't love it. I really don't treasure it. I really, my heart's not really there. No one feels loved in a relationship, right, if they're neglected. Treasure placement reveals heart location every time. It's that simple. But Jesus is saying more than that. He's saying where your treasure is, there your heart will be. There's a sense in which we can help direct our hearts as believers in Christ, by pushing our treasure, because our, our heart is going to gravitate towards our treasure. So if I tend to focus only on the here and the now and the hoarding and, the, and just my own personal pleasure, then man, my heart is going to grow inward and grow more and more and more inward towards itself. And the more I focus on being generous and the more I focus on the kingdom of God and the more I focus on those things, man, the more my heart 
is going to be open to the things of God. And, man, and the more I'm going to fall in love with the, with the mission of the church and what Jesus is doing and with people. It's just, man, it's just a principle that we see here revealed in Matthew 6, 21. Sometimes you see someone driving down the road uh, with a bumper sticker, right, with a college on it. Or they walk into church and they've got a shirt on with a college on it or whatever. And we, our natural inclination is that you must have even went to that school or you're a fan of that school. So I'll ask somebody, so that's your team. And sometimes you'll get this response. I could care less about the Florida Gators, the Miami Hurricanes, the Seminoles, the Knights, whatever. But they're like, but... A couple of years ago, my daughter started going to school there. And so now they get my money and they've got my daughter. So I'm a big fan, right? And I've heard that statement, I'm pretty sure, on multiple occasions. And some of you have lived that out, right? He's like, well, what changed? My treasure, right? The kid I love and the money I earned went there. And so all of a sudden, if they're, man, I want them to succeed at everything, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm just it's, man, your treasure, your heart follows your treasure, you didn't care anything about it before that. And there's been multiple ways that we can apply that throughout life. So think about it this way. You want to care more about a neighborhood? Tell you what, move into it. <laughs> you drive through neighborhoods you don't care about. You drive into yours, all of a sudden you care about the way it looks and what's going on in that neighborhood. You want to care more about Toyota stock? Buy some. I don't own any that I'm aware of. And so uh, I don't ever think about Toyota stock Never crosses my mind. I've driven Toyotas, but I've never thought about those. You know what? I don't own any stock in Toyota. But if you buy some, all of a sudden, you'll care. Want to care more about a school? Send your kid there. You want to care more about eternal things? You want to care more about the mission of God and the kingdom of God? Give towards it. You want to care more about the poor? Give towards them. You want to care more about the hurting? Give in that direction. Church, evangelism. Fighting poverty, helping the hurting, whatever it may be, pro-life causes, all these sort of things. Man, the more you give of your time and of your energy and of your resources, the more you steward your life that way, the more your heart goes all in. Because I'm telling you, Jesus knows what he's talking about. Where your treasure, there your heart will be. Will be. Your giving can help direct your passions. Absolutely it can. And this means laying up treasure in heaven is a great guard in our life. It doesn't just direct our heart. It helps guard our heart. It's a guard against letting our lives get consumed by materialism. Look at what Jesus says in verse 22 and 23. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now, if you're like me and you read this, I remember I used to come to this passage. I'm like, what in the, now Jesus, now you're changing the subject. We're talking about eyeballs and stuff. I mean, what in the world has this got to do with what we're talking about? But the eye in Jewish literature is a lot like the heart. And so they kind of use the eye kind of like they use the heart. It's kind of like, the, 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 like a center that controls and affects lots of other things. And so uh, scholars point out that this is an indicator that, that, that here that the eye is an indicator and director of the life. Blomberg, the scholar I, I quoted earlier, points out that Jesus' point here is that the way we steward our finances has an impact on our whole life. I think that's what Jesus is really getting at here. It's like a lamp to the body, right? And so if your heart that he just talked about or your eye, if it's given to the wrong things, right? Then it meant darkness instead of light gets in. You, 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 you're, it's a, it, your life becomes more easily corrupted. So we have to steward our hearts. We have to steward, as he says here, our eye. So when we lay up treasures in heaven, 
We are guarding against allowing our lives to be corrupted by greed and selfishness and materialism. So where there's a, 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 a generous eye is indicative of a healthy spiritual life. A greedy eye, a hoarding eye is indicative of a self-centered life. And these sins have a way of controlling people. Turning us inward and turning us away from God. Turning us away from others. So you can't love God and people well if you're full of greed and selfishness and materialism. Those things are sins that prevent us from loving God and others well. They, they are hazardous to our spiritual health. All sin is. But man, these sins come right against the greatest commandment and the second greatest commandment. Loving God with all your heart. Can't do that if, you're, if we're given over to materialism. Loving our neighbor as ourselves. I can't do that if I refuse to be generous. So when we lay up treasures in heaven, it's a, it's a guard towards these things. And listen, we, talk, we say this sometimes. As Christians, we get to give, right? We know, we know that God owns it all, and we're just stewarding what he's placed in our lives. It's an honor and a joy. But we also, I think this passage shows us, we need to give. Because it helps us guard our hearts and our spiritual eye from corruption. Now listen, you can give with the wrong motive. Don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about a cold, mechanical Dropping a 20 in an offering plate somewhere, handing somebody something on the side of the street, pat yourself on the back, really laid up treasure in heaven today. That's not Jesus' point either. You can give in a way that is corrupt and shows a self-centered view. The key is laying up treasure in heaven. That's why the New Testament puts so much emphasis not just on giving, but how you give and your attitude towards it. It says God loves what? A cheerful giver. It lauds sacrificial giving. It, it's not just give, right? It says it's not just Going to church. It's not just being moral. Why we do these things, Matt, Matt, our motives matter. Jesus taught us that. So the key in laying up treasure in heaven is giving in a way that shows God is our treasure. That shows heaven is our home. That shows the God of heaven is the king of our heart. This is a director and guard for our heart. And that's a big deal because our hearts are... Idle factories. I think it was Calvin that said that or, or Augustine, one of those guys. And stewardship is a worship war. And it's, 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 really, it's, it's really about who will we worship. And that brings us up to the third reason that we should lay up treasure in heaven. Because when we do this, it declares war on idolatry, showing true allegiance to God. Jesus says no one. He, goes on, he, he wraps it up this way. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. See, stewardship's about worship. It's about serving. There's a reason we take up an offering during our worship service. It's an act of worship. In fact, all of life is an act of worship. Everything about the way we live and give and serve and spend energy is all indicative of who or what we worship. And Jesus understands this. And his final point in this section on laying up treasure in heaven is that you, you, can't, you cannot serve Two masters. None of us can. He says, no one can. No one. Verse 24, no one can. What about no one can? And he, it's interesting. He pictures money and God both as masters, rulers, authority figures in your life. A master is the one who calls the shots, right? The one you serve. And the word Jesus uses for money, as we said earlier, is broader than money, right? It's, it's all our possessions. It's the word that some translations call mammon. It's all the stuff in life. It's your car, your house, your cash, your 401, your clothes. It's everything. Jesus shows us here, we can be mastered by those things. 
rather than God. And we can't give ourselves over to both. We're going we're gonna to hate one and love the other. We're going to be conflicted. There's an alluring nature to money. There's an alluring nature to stuff. It has great power in this life, power to master you. If Jesus wasn't concerned about it mastering you, he wouldn't say that you can't serve two masters. He, he's putting it in that category because it, it has, it has a, a, a way of alluring us. Our hearts have a tendency to be drawn to it because there's so much that you can accomplish in this life with money. People say, well, money won't make you happy. Money can do a lot for a while. It can distract you for a really long time from the fact that you aren't really happy. It can make you think you're happy. And so our hearts gravitate. It gravitates. And either we, we, we wish we had more or we don't think we have enough. Or, and, and, it sh- and, and that tendency is the tendency to lay up treasure here versus heaven. To get our mind off of the eternal and on to the temporal. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus tells the story of the rich young ruler. One of the most, uh, not, not the story, he has the interaction with the rich young ruler. And, he, and he, talks, he talks to the rich young ruler about his heart. So Mark tells us the story of the rich young ruler. And so Jesus, this guy runs up to Jesus if you know the story, right? And so he's eager. He's eager. I mean, he's running. Runs, falls on his knees. Asking Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And it's like, man, now this guy, we, we're going to baptize you next week. And, yeah, I mean, this guy, he's ready, right? I mean, he's hungry. He's ready. And Jesus says, well, how about, how are you doing with the commandments, right? Keep the, how about keeping the commandments? You kept all the commandments? God says, I've kept them all. Now, we know, and Jesus knows, and you know, you can't keep them all. Nobody's kept them all perfectly. But he's trying to show that in general, yeah, I live a really good life. And Jesus says, okay, go and sell everything you have and come follow me. And the guys, the Bible says he became sad. His face fell. It says Jesus looked at him and loved him. I love, that's one of my favorite passages in the New Testament. That Jesus looks at this guy that we know is, he's about to reject Jesus and walk away from him. And Jesus looks at him and he loves him. Right? But he walks away sad and without Jesus. And the Bible says it's for this reason, because he had a lot of stuff, a lot of possessions. He seemed so eager. Everything seemed so great. And what Jesus displayed there was this guy who thought he was keeping all the commandments had broken the very first one. You are to have no other gods before me. Jesus went right at, oh, you've kept all the commandments. Let's start with number one. Give me all your stuff, sell all your stuff to the poor and come follow me. He's like, I can't do that, right? Why? I mean, God in the flesh just told you to. You don't trust him to provide for you. Now, that's not the common command we see in the scriptures with money. It's a unique situation. It's Jesus ministering to this person to show him where he truly stands before God. But it's a real simple point that that passage shows us. Is that we, like the rich young ruler, we can all have a tendency to, if we're not careful... Walk away from Jesus really sad because we have a lot of stuff. And we don't want him calling the shots. And Any area that we keep Jesus out of, that we don't give Jesus authority over, that we don't let him and his word speak to, is an area where we're hoarding idols. Okay, whatever it is, whether it's our finances, our sexuality, whatever it may be, relationships, any area we keep out, that, that's an idolatrous area in our life. That's an area that we're erecting idols and worshiping something other than God as the authority figure in that particular area. So, 
One of the ways, one of the ways we war against idolatry in the area of money is by laying up treasure in heaven. See, we tend to, by human nature, we try to split the difference. Jesus says you can't serve two masters. And the reason he says it that way is because our tendency is to say, well, maybe we can work out something here. Right? Maybe I, maybe, maybe I can store up treasure here. Maybe I can really, you know, I can be really materialistic and really, you know, give myself over to stuff. And maybe, and maybe I can just kind of put a little away for a condo in heaven one day and I'll retire there. And, uh, but this will be kind of like more like my real home because that's where I've got to live right now. And, and I'll just kind of, he says, I know what you're trying to do. Like we, we're, always, we're always looking for an angle. That's the human heart. And Jesus says, no, 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 you're going you're gonna to worship God. Or you're going to worship your money, but you can't worship both. You can't, you can't give your allegiance to both, right? The main motivating factor in your life cannot be both making money and loving God. It can't be both gaining more and loving God. It can't. He says, Jesus says, you're going to have to choose. You're going to choose. We cannot worship God as king and sacrifice at the self-centered altar of materialism and greed. And Jesus' point is you will end up hating, despising one while loving and being devoted to the other because we always end up choosing. But when we lay up treasure in heaven, when we steward our lives and we steward our resources in a way that reflects that we believe that we're going to live forever somewhere and that, and that things that last for eternity matter more and that God is the true treasure of our heart, when we live that way, we, we declare war on idolatry. We show where our true allegiance lies. We're choosing Jesus as king. And we have to do it all the time because we all slip into these modes. And it's not about some legalistic formula or anything like that. It, the, the point is just simply, man, guard your heart. Watch your heart. Have disciplines in your life that help you guard against that. And the only way that any of us will lay up treasure in heaven is if we truly treasure the one who came from heaven. Over and over again in the Gospels, we see Jesus is the one who was sent from heaven, the one who was sent from God. And we know he came to slay our idols, to change our hearts, to give us a home in heaven. He came from heaven to this broken world where things perish, where things get lost, where things get stolen, where things get broken, so he could lay down his life for us, die in our place for our greed, for our materialism, for our idolatry, and take his life up again so that when we trust in him, we can be transformed into a people that love God more than money, that love people more than stuff, that have heaven for home and earth as a mission field instead of earth is home and heaven is a someday one day, maybe. It changes everything. So really, step number one is, man, I... You, you want to make the, the right treasure choice? You want to lay up treasure in heaven? Step number one is to put your faith in the one who was sent from heaven. And he transforms us and continues to transform us. It doesn't fix all our problems. We still struggle. We still fail. We still have to fight idolatry every day. But he's with us in the war. If you're in Christ this morning, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, let me just say the big urge today is simply this. Live for and in light of eternity. That's all, we're, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> to live for uh, and in light of eternity. And the way you use your time and the way we use our energy and the way we steward our resources. 
We should be able to step back and look where we give time and energy and thought and where we spend money. And we should look at those things and go, okay, I can tell that God and his word and, and his people and his mission are important to me. That's all we're saying. It should be obvious that these things are important. I, sp- I, sp- I spend significant time with God's people. I spend significant time serving the church. I spend significant time in worship. I spend significant time in, in giving towards causes that God cares about and giving towards God's mission. I, I spend significant time investing in others. I spend significant, that's all we're saying is that if we look at our life and we kind of go, it's all kind of about me, then we need to reevaluate because we're storing our treasure in the wrong place. I want to invite you this morning to live like you're going to live forever, but like you're going to live here for a vapor. Let's pray.